This is the Todd Vino Show on News 95.7. Time now for Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership. Brought to you by Clinton Wilkins Mortgage Team. Sharp dressed man. No, it's casual Saturdays here. Clinton is not sharply dressed today. How are you? Not sharp, not sharply dressed at all. More like just coming from the gym. But you that's know. right. So do you? But you can do that though, can't you? I can. Do you, do I you can. have like the outfits for that when you need it? You know what? I do. I have lots yeah. of nice outfits, but you know, in the office, I dress pretty casually. Is you know, I really? think majority of our clients are self-employed. You know, we have a lot of people who work in the construction industry, in the. Um, uh, military. Yep. And I think they appreciate that we're not wearing a suit and a tie and a pair yeah. of pocket square. You know, we're not the bank. Mm-hmm. And I think that provides a level of comfort for, uh, you know, our borrowers. I would agree with that. So, by the way, you just heard of Clinton Wilkins is the mortgage guru, and he is here to answer your calls and to answer your questions, more importantly, about mortgages. So if right now you are contemplating a mortgage, if you're dealing with another broker... If you're dealing with the bank and you want a second opinion or a first opinion, it is well worth your while to do that. You'd encourage anybody to get a second opinion, wouldn't you, Clinton? I think it's just like when you go to the doctor. You know, it's sometimes you, you want to go get the second opinion. I think seeking unbiased advice is super, super important, especially right. when you're doing the biggest purchase of your life. Exactly. So if you're about to pull the trigger right now on a mortgage or if you're looking or if you're in the market or if you have questions, call us right now, 877-801-8255. Again, 877-801-8255 or 902-405-6000. Clinton, the mortgage guru, is here to answer your questions. First thing, and we're going to get to self-employed, but I want to say, I was talking to, and I won't say who, but an employee here Mm -hmm. in this office is looking for a house this fall. I think it's this fall, and I won't even say the gender because I don't want to give this away. And I said, you have to talk to Clinton. And they said they would. For some reason, they went to the bank for because they had a mortgage seminar. And the mortgage advisor convinced them that a broker is not the best way to go. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Honestly. I think there's enough business out there for everybody. Yeah. And for me, I really don't care what lender we do the mortgage with. We deal with, you know, some lenders that are in the big five. Mm-hmm. I love the banks. You know, we, we wouldn't be around if it wasn't for the right. bank lenders. Yep. Uh, but you have access to their to them anyway. We have access to them, and we right. have access to broker lenders. We have access to credit unions. We have access to about 40 different lenders across the country. It's not that I do business with 40 lenders every single day. I probably mm-hmm. do business with five or six. But, you know, for me, it doesn't matter what lender I go to. They pay us all the same. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what rate you take. They pay me the same. I get paid based on the volume. And my bias is really with the customer, not with the lender. And I think that really provides a huge level of confidence for our borrowers because mm-hmm. it's not like I'm in bed with TD Bank or Scotiabank or certain broker lenders. I'm in bed with my customer. Mm-hmm. And really, I know it's kind of a funny analogy, but we're so you know deeply entrenched in that relationship business. I don't make a lot of money on doing one transaction. Mm-hmm. I want customers for life. And I think that, that, you know, the service that we're providing and we're providing, you know, the um, advice, they're coming back to us. Right. So the mortgage or so the 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 person doing the mortgages in the bank. And again, we're not crapping on anybody here and we're just calling it like it is. They have one lender, and that's them. Exactly. And they're Period, to, they're, right? They're, they're trying to cross sell you into all kinds of different products like right. banking, insurance yes. and credit. Yeah. And for me, all I want to do 
is the biggest purchase of your life, which is that mortgage. And, you know, I think it's the one thing for me that I think is really so valuable is we're not going anywhere. You know, I've been doing this for 13 years and I just signed a new 10 year lease at my office. So guess what? We're going to be in the same place even. Mm -hmm. And we all know that when we walk into these branches, the turnover is so, so high. You know, would you want someone who's only been doing, you know, a few transactions or would you like to come to see someone who's done like half a billion dollars worth of mortgage lending? For me, I think having the experience and I think seeing all kinds of different files every single day, Mm -hmm. you know, I know when to pivot and I know how to position the file to get the best value in terms of, you know, rate and terms for our customer. Okay. Again, questions for Clinton, mortgage related Nobody knows this business better than Clinton, and I can say that with confidence. And you would agree with that, wouldn't you? I would agree. And, right. you know, I don't know if we want to throw it out there. but Yeah, la- you won an award. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah. Last Friday night, uh, the Canadian Mortgage Awards, which is basically the, the biggest awards across the country. You know, and I was competing with, um, you know, mortgage brokers from Vancouver all the way to St. John's, Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. And I was nominated for Broker of the Year under 25 employees. That's incredible. And in 2018, I, I, I got that award, which was amazing. No one from the East Coast has ever won that award. And I was nominated again in 2019. Like, who would ever think that someone would win back-to-back? Mm-hmm. But took home the hardware. You're that good. You know, there's great things happening in Halifax, and we are able to compete on the national level. You know, there's a lot of noise in the media, you know, on the radio and mm-hmm. online, um, that Halifax is on the verge of a boom. Right. So... The point being is that this is the person to ask your mortgage-related questions. Going to take a call in a sec. Uh, do the way to do that this morning, and we'll talk about some other things as well over the next little bit, 877-801-8255. That's the toll-free number. Again, 877-801-8255, or you can reach us at 902-405-6000. Uh, Rick, you're going to have the first question for Clinton today. How you doing first off? Hey, doing well. Excellent. Go ahead with your question for Clinton. uh, Regarding uh, older people, so say Mm -hmm. you, you know, you bought your house 20, 25 years ago. You might have refinanced it once, and now you're, you know, in your retirement years, and your mortgage is maybe, uh, you know, at 20 or 30 percent of your appraised value. And uh, is it a good way to? take your money out as opposed to something that sounds a bit onerous like a reverse mortgage mm-hmm. the way i look at it would just it's just that you know you, you know you're gonna say you're gonna leave your house to your kid or whatever you know what's the difference if you leave it with 50 uh, percent owing or 30 percent? exactly owing? yeah and i think that's a really good point we're seeing a lot of borrowers financing their homes during retirement. And really the big thing is all about quality of life. So a lot of borrowers, you know, maybe they will even have their house paid off by the time they retire. But oftentimes the house is the biggest asset. And, you know, we definitely do talk about reverse mortgages. And I think those are right for some consumers. You know, if the income is very, very low, if they can't service a mortgage payment, great. A reverse mortgage could make sense depending on what their age is. But a lot of consumers will have, you know, a few pensions. They have a good, healthy income. But they want to be able to supplement that retirement income. And I think that, you know, doing, you know, maybe a home equity line of credit or a mortgage on that home makes a lot of sense. A lot of times people will borrow the money to, you know, supplement their income. But also sometimes they'll borrow money to improve the property, to make it more suitable that going into retirement, maybe it's accessible or maybe it needs some improvements. 
And, you know, all in all, we'll extend those amortizations over a very long period of time to make it very affordable for that person. Mm -hmm. You know, normally when someone takes out a mortgage during retirement, I will go to the maximum amortization of 25 or 30 years, depending on what their situation is, to make the payment as low as possible Mm -hmm. for their specific situation. And, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense. You can finance up to 80% of the value of the home in terms of a refinance. And that still leaves a lot of equity in terms of, you know, inheritance for the fam, you know, family members. Paying taxes and stuff and like paying that. paying taxes, That's yeah. right, yeah. Um, so I think it's a great point. You okay. know, I think there's a lot of people who are retired and seniors that are sitting on these assets. They're free and clear, but they can't really live the retirement because they have a very low fixed income. Yeah. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate it. So uh, I was going to ask you that, this philosophy that the old school philosophy, I guess, that got to get the house paid off. And can't have, that that's kind of changing, isn't it, that mindset? I, I think it's really going by the wayside. Yeah. And the really the big reason is a mortgage payment, oftentimes, even if they're borrowing up to 80% of the value of the home, it's cheaper than renting. Exactly. Renting is very expensive and in the, Halifax. And heck with the kids and leaving the nest egg for the kids, right? Think, if you need to take care of yourself and live in a quality even, of life, even if you're it. Even if you're leveraging the home to 65 or 80%, yeah. you're going to pay a down. Exactly. And you're still going to leave equity to the kids. Exactly. I think majority of uh, you know uh, people that are going to leave a, an asset to their family members you know i think the family members would rather that person have a better okay. quality of life while they're living another question for you pete how are you today good morning todd good morning uh, clinton good this good morning. is this is this is my buddy pete by the way oh, hi pete yeah he doesn't hey, he doesn't that? call just anybody he only calls when there's quality people in here okay right. awesome <laughs> go ahead i even i even literally just stopped doing my own job at home on the computer and with some paperwork and calculators to call in with i think it's more of a curiosity okay sure um, Hit me. but perhaps you can you can explain the the difference um Property tax assessments mm-hmm. done um, civically, I mm-hmm. assume, um, yep. versus appraisal value. I can see that, you know, one way, one one number helps you in, in terms of property tax payments annually and the other one yep. maybe on, on mortgage. Exactly. Why is there a difference? I, I look at them regularly mm-hmm. uh, when I do my job in people's homes. I see uh, one or the other or sometimes both, certainly one always, but like the assess- assessment values. There's always a 20 to 40 percent difference. Yeah. And I'll tell you the reason why. Uh, property valuation services of Nova Scotia, their their assessments are really based on a valuation from a couple years ago. So they really are looking at values from 2016, 17, and that's what you're going to pay your tax on. Everyone wants to have a low assessment, but a high appraised value. But the further the gap gets, you know, the less likely that's going to be reality. So I know yeah, lots of my borrowers, you know, will challenge their assessment in trying trying to get their taxes down. Um, mm-hmm. And there's pros and cons to that. You know, really, if you have a two hundred thousand dollar assessment, but you want a four hundred thousand dollar appraisal, that's probably not going to happen. But yeah, the assessment like should always be, yeah. The, there's definitely plus and minuses, but the assessments should always be below the actual appraised value, and the appraised value is really what we believe to be the value that that house would sell for with a normal exposure time. So 90 or 120 days on the market, that's what it should sell for is what the appraised value is. But the assessment's really tied to the taxes, and that should be the value from a few years ago, two, three, four years ago. Okay. Hopefully that's helpful. That answer your question, Pete? Sure does. Okay, man. Talk soon. 877-801-8255 or 902-405-6000. Questions for the Mortgage Guru. We'll continue with your calls when we come back. 
The mortgage guru, Clinton Wilkins, is in studio taking your calls, 877-801-8255 or 902-405-6000. Let's keep it going with Brian. Brian, how are you today? Not bad. And you guys? And we're doing well. Excellent. Go ahead, go ahead with your question. I'll get uh, out of the way. With regarding to uh, uh, life insurance mm-hmm. uh, on uh, your, your mortgage, when you apply your mortgage. Yes. And I'll give you an example. Um, my... Life insurance for my wife and I were was ninety three dollars a month, mm-hmm. and I want to get a better rate at uh, BMO. And um, the life insurance, they said, because uh, I'll be a new customer, it's going to cost me two hundred and twenty dollars a month for mm-hmm. life insurance. Yeah. Now, using a broker, um, if you want to renew your mortgage, can you roll that life insurance that has been grandfathered uh, into? Uh, Mark that, uh, pardon me, or, or have that part of a negotiation factor for uh, getting an, uh, another mortgage. I'll give you the Coles Notes version. Uh, I'm not an insurance broker, but we do offer creditor insurance in our office. We're required to by the province. Um, we deal with Manulife, and that's who our creditor insurance is provided provided by. Um, also, if we do do a Scotiabank mortgage, we'll provide Scotia Life insurance. Um, it is based on the age of the application. But if you were to have dealt with me, uh, we move our mortgages when they come up for renewal or refinance all the time. And it's based on that grandfathered age of the original application for that mortgage amount. So you might have to start over with us. But that being said, we also do have a financial planner in our office that's there a couple days a week. And oftentimes we'll refer our customers in to see him to do either a term or a whole life policy, something that's outside of my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's a better coverage. He also has... Uh, if you you're know, healthy too, if you're getting into whole life and stuff, your health is going to come. Yeah, exactly. Too, right? And it's really better coverage because yeah. the creditor insurance is a declining balance. Right. We love creditor insurance just to get people out, you know, out the door so we know they're covered. But really a whole life or a term is probably mm-hmm. a better solution down the road. Um, it's a case-by-case basis, so I think that would kind of be more of an offline question, but hopefully that, that answers it for you. Yes, you answered it perfectly. Thank you very much. Thank Perfect. you, Brian. Appreciate it. 877 801 or 902-405-6000. Shirley, what's your question for Clinton? Hi. Um, I sold uh, my home approximately 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And would I ever be considered a first-time home buyer again? Great question. Yeah, Love it. it. This question. is a really good one. Yeah. Typically, we consider someone a first-time home buyer if they haven't owned a home for five years and they have not uh, owed anything to their first-time home buyers or RSP uh, plan for the last full year. So if you have your RRSP piece paid back that you've may have borrowed down the road for at least a year and you haven't owned a house for five years, you're a first-time home buyer. The federal government uh-huh. in the budget actually has changed things as well. If you've gone through a divorce or a separation, uh, you can also become a first-time home buyer right away again. So there's lots of good solutions for first-time home buyers. Um, and they've actually increased the amount that you can borrow from your RRSP from 25000 to 35000 for an individual, and that would mean th- uh, 70000 for a couple. So lots of good solutions there. Wow, you okay, nailed thank that. You very much. Thank you, Shirley. I didn't know that about the divorce or separation, which is good news for me. People Eight, get seven, separated it every day. Well, right, that's right. I'm in that situation, quite yeah. to be quite blunt, and uh, that's good to know. Over fifty so, percent of Canadians are becoming separated. So or divorced, I could so. use so I could use a portion of my RSP and not pay tax on that. Then? Up to thirty five thousand. Wow, that's interesting. Eight seven seven eight zero one eight two five five or nine zero two four zero five six thousand. Don, how are you today? Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. What's your question for Clinton? I've uh, I've got a young friend who mm-hmm. uh, wants to buy a house, 
and they have $100,000 outside of an RSP. Mm-hmm. And my question is, if they're now generating approximately 4% return on that investment, would it be wise to get a, a higher mortgage and keep that money in the investment? We, or, we typically or say, like, the, honestly, if you're making more than 3%, it makes money. It makes sense to keep the money outside of the mortgage. So you can put down as little as 5%. Uh, right. And obviously, you're going to need to pay uh, Canadian Mortgage and Housing Insurance, Genworth, or Canada Guarantee. If you do right. do a 5% down, the insurance premium is 4%. But that's 4% as a one hit. And once that's paid, it's paid. So if you're making oh, right. more than 4 you know, four percent on your money, that's a good return. I like those types of returns. And you right. Know, right now, the mortgage rates are very low. I mean, they're almost at historic lows. You know, in terms of a five-year fixed on an insured purchase, you know, we're looking at 299, 304, 309 range. You know, the oh, rates right. are very, very low. And even in a variable rate product, we're looking at like 2.95. So oh, the right. spread between that and where, uh, you know, they could make money on their investment, I think I would keep the money in the investment personally. Because nowadays, bank dividends yield over 4%. Yeah, I think, it, I think it would be the right decision to keep the money in the investment and do the smaller down payment. Yeah, okay, sense. well, thank you very much for thanks, the thank, thank Thanks, you very much. Don. Excellent. Christina, how are you? Hi, I'm great, thank you. Excellent. What's your question for Clinton? So I'm getting married in August, and uh, my fiancé owns property. But I would be considered a first-time home buyer, so I'm just wondering if I can dip into my RRSP for my first property after being married. This this is a great question. Um, if you are married, I'm going to say the Coles Notes version may be no. If you were to buy the home prior to you being married and you're not legally common law, so if you haven't registered a vital statistics down at Service Nova Scotia, you're then considered single, then I think you can dip into the RRSP. I'd have to do a little bit more research for you. So after you get married, uh, typically what happens is even if you're married and you're not on the mortgage or on the title, you have the same rights to that property as your spouse would have because that would be considered the matrimonial home. So... I think that's more of an offline question. I think it may be a little bit more around timing, but we can certainly chat with you for sure. Great, thank you. Give Clinton a call. He'll take care of you. Thanks, Christina. Uh, Nora, go ahead. Hi. Hi. Um, Hi, Nora. I I just have a curiosity question. Say you're in a place and you're paying on your mortgage and you decide you want to sell the place you're in before, like, you have your mortgage paid off. Yes. And go in maybe move into a, another place? Mm-hmm. Like what would happen to the mortgage that you have now? Would you renegotiate that? Yeah, or you, have, you, you, have, to... you have a couple different options. So you could even you could either port the mortgage and increase it or that mortgage could be paid off from the sale of the existing home and you could start a new term. Um, really, when we do a port, depending on what lender it is, we could get involved and help you. Um, and you can also extend the amortization. So we have lots of borrowers that might, for example, owe $100,000 on their existing home. They sell it for two hundred, dollars but they want to buy a house for four hundred. dollars uh, Obviously, they'd need a much larger mortgage, and we would look at extending the amortization. So you could go back up to 25 or 30 years, depending on how much you're putting down. But that's something that you can definitely do. So you could either do a port and blend with an increase on the existing mortgage, or we could start a new one. And we can look at the pros and cons of doing both and which route would be cheaper. Thank you, Nora. Appreciate it. One quick last one here. We're almost out of time. Doug, quickly, if you can. Yes, uh, just a quick question here. In regards to if I got a piece of property 
that's worth a certain amount of money, mm-hmm. and I want to put a house on it. Well, that, could I use that as, as a down payment? 100%. We do construction mortgages every single day. Uh, we do contractor builds, and we also do self-builds. And the equity okay. in that land would be considered what we would use for the down payment. You might not even need to put any additional funds in. On a construction, you can put down as little as 5%, and we can insure it with CMHC, Genworth, or Canada Guarantee. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Doug. So you've just heard a lot of wisdom disseminated in a short amount of time. How can people get a hold of you guys, Clinton? They All the can, ways they can get a hold of you. They can visit us online. I think that's the first place to start. Yeah. You visit us at teamclinton.ca forward slash radio. You know, mm-hmm. we really, today, we wanted to talk a little bit about self-employed, but we, we didn't have time. We were just back-to-back, so maybe it's self-employed next time. Uh, that's right. So, again, that how they get hold of you, Team Clinton, what Team, is it again? Teamclinton.ca forward slash radio. That's the first place to start. There's lots of great information on the website. Okay. Our telephone number's on there. Email. Certainly reach out to me. So we can put a link to that on our Facebook page, Amber? Correct? Okay. Go check out our Facebook page. If you don't haven't already liked it, please do so. Todd Vino Show, and we'll uh, create as many links as we can for Clinton. And absolutely, thank you so much for coming in today. We'll be back here in just a couple weeks. You'll be back. That's right. I don't know the schedule. They don't tell me anything. You'll you'll hear. Just tune in. Todd will tell you next time. (laughs) Thank you, Clinton. I appreciate it very much. Clinton Wilkins, our mortgage guru. Lots coming up in the next half hour including our open hour. We'll be talking more about uh, 11 and 12, about the rugby decision and lots to unpackage there. We'll be back.